Hey Baker, welcome to Business is Sweet. It's easy to fall in love with the sweet art of baking. It's a bit harder to take the right steps to create a successful business around your baking. But the business side of baking is also pretty sweet. I believe that you can be paid well for your creativity, build a successful baking business from home, and enjoy the work you get to do. And in fact, I don't just believe it, I know it because I've done it. I'm your host, Brett, a self-taught home-based baker myself who's built a thriving business making a full-time income as a wedding cake designer, all from home while raising my two little kiddos. And I'm here to show you how to do it too. Welcome to the show. Hey there, Baker. Welcome to another episode of Business is Sweet. This is Brett. And I, it's so funny. I'm actually recording this for the second time. Do you ever have those moments where you get all the way into doing something and realize that something wasn't connected or something wasn't quite right? And that's what happened just now as I was starting to record the episode. I was a few minutes in and realized my Bluetooth was connected. And so I wasn't actually wasn't actually recording what I wanted to record and it's funny because I am choosing to just have gratitude for that right now because now I got to practice a little bit and now I got to just warm up and that's great and it it just has me thinking about all the funny mishaps that can happen to us as a baker and how sometimes those little dips And those difficult experiences that we have to face and learn from, how they can really make us frustrated and we feel like we wasted our time and we feel like, what was I doing and now I don't want to try again. But those are the moments where we can learn the most and I don't ever look at them as failures. If you've been listening to me, if you've been following with me, you know that I don't believe in failure. Because every single time you trip, every single time you mess up, you learn so much that you never, ever would have learned any other way. And as hard as those moments can be, you can take a step back from them and take a moment to appreciate them. It's okay to feel frustrated and it's okay to feel like you want to quit but take take a moment after the fact to appreciate what you've learned and and carry that forward with you I really really value that kind of perspective in business and in life and I want to just take a moment to invite you whatever you're doing right now whether you're baking your cakes whether you're doing dishes whether you're with your kids or at the grocery store or driving and if you're driving pay attention to the road but also listen And whatever you're doing, I want you to just take a moment to be totally present. Our minds move a million miles an hour all the time. And we get stuck in thought loops. We get stuck in these same recorded thoughts that we tell ourselves over and over again. And we might not even be conscious that this is happening. But I want you to take a moment to be present And to just notice what's around you, whether it's your kitchen, whatever kitchen space you have, whether it's your home, whether you're outside in your car with your kids, notice what's around you and 
just feel so much gratitude for it. And not just make a list of of things you're grateful for, but just name one thing and just feel how grateful you are for it and how meaningful it is in your life. And the reason I'm inviting you to do this is because, like I said, we get stuck on these thought loops and often we get trapped in these negative thought loops. We don't even realize it's happening. But all day long, our brains are telling us a story of the hard things, the difficult things, the stressful things, the things that we feel are impossible. And why, why do I feel like this? Why am I stuck? And the reality is that our thoughts that we're having, they influence the way we speak. They influence the decisions we make. So all day long, as we're thinking these thoughts on repeat, 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 those are what are fueling everything we decide in life and in business. And so learning to take small moments out of the day and break the thought loop and take yourself down a different path, one that's optimistic and high energy and full of enthusiasm, just as much as you can bring into that moment, that helps you get on the right direction. That helps you feel into the kind of life you really want to be living And it's something that I'm learning and practicing for myself and realizing that I'm the one that's in control of my business, of my life, of my creativity, and I'm the one who gets to decide. And and even though we've got those dips and those frustrations like we talked about, like when you record a whole five minutes of a podcast episode and they just disappear, (laughs) they never even were there, it's still a moment to just be grateful for what you do have and and maybe the lessons learned from it there's so much good to be gained each day each moment and as business owners i think it's just it's so important not just i think i know i know it's so important to elevate the way that we think and to just tap into possibility tap into po- potential and start to say instead of oh, well, that's impossible. Oh, that just doesn't work for me. Instead of always saying it's impossible, start to say, how could it be possible? I love to change that verbiage in my head and kind of challenge it like, oh, okay. How how could I do that? How could I reach those customers? How could I make this kitchen space work? For so long, I worked in the smallest little kitchen and... It was in this duplex that we rented. It was not very big, didn't have a lot of storage space, but my dream was to start a bakery. My dream was to do wedding cakes. And so instead of feeling stumped about the space I was in, I said, okay, how can I make this work? And I took our coat closet and I found places for the coats and the shoes and everything else that was in there. And I made it my own baking pantry. And that's where I kept all my ingredients and had my separation for the cottage food law that's required here in my state. And I I did what I had to and what I could to make my space work. And I I was able to operate and, and enjoy working out of that space. It wasn't perfect. It was not Instagram picture perfect worthy, but it was such a great place to be and I am always so grateful that I got to do that where I was and that I I was able to to find just that excitement for being where I was and not let my space hold me back and it's like that with everything in business 
we can let the things, our lack of resources, our lack of time, we can let it stump us and we can use them as excuses for why we're not seeing the success that we want to see and why we can't do what we want to do. Or we can challenge it and you can take control and you're a creative person. Figure out how to make it work. Figure out how to adjust and tweak and move forward and overcome those roadblocks and barriers. And I think what you'll find is the roadblocks and barriers that you thought you were experiencing were so much bigger in your head than they are in reality. So before we dive into today's content, I gotta tell you the things that have been going on. Last Saturday, I had my first in-person palette knife wedding cake class. It's the first time I've ever taught a wedding cake masterclass. And it's the first time I've taught an in-person class for in almost a year. Since we've moved, I just haven't had the bandwidth to be able to teach in person. And finally, in a good space with our family and our home and mentally where I was able to do that. And it was one of the most incredible teaching, learning experiences of my life. The nine ladies that came, who came from all over the place, they came from Oregon and Nevada and Idaho and California. They booked planes and booked hotels and came to this class and we had the best day ever. We were in the most beautiful space here in Utah called Orson Gigi. It was just a gorgeous classroom. Everyone had, you know, their own workstation and we started the day stacking our cakes. We had lunch together. We learned color theory, which was so fun because it's one of my favorite things to teach. I know a lot about color and I, I don't just say that to like brag, but it's such a fun thing to be able to share with people and watch their jaws just drop because it makes such a difference in cake design, especially in floral painting, like what we were doing. So that was just fun to blow their minds with that. And by the end of the day, it was like a seven hour workshop and we we wanted it to go longer. We didn't want it to end. It was just such a treat, such a joy. It became so much more than a class. It was this bonding, connecting, high energy memory and experience for everyone there. We just had so much fun. And I'm definitely opening registration for another section of that class just waiting to hear back on the availability of the space so I can book a date and once that registration's open it'll fill fast so if you want to get on the list to hear when that class opens go ahead and send me a dm on instagram and I will add you to that waiting list and then in other news I also opened a few private coaching slash decorating masterclass sessions. I have never done private sessions for anyone before as far as decorating. I've done private coaching, but I've never offered like a private wedding cake masterclass. And this will be a private session where we build a three-tier cake and I teach you my palette knife slash buttercream piping method on my signature cake design. It's like this beautiful floral cascade. It's got gold accents. They're just, it's this gorgeous kind of ethereal cake and it's my best selling. I sell them for usually 800 plus dollars and I'm offering a few private sessions where you could come to my home and I will teach you and at the same time I'll coach you on business. We'll talk about your plans and your goals, your marketing and your product 
um, production and I'll help you fine tune things and get you on the right path to just get 10 levels up in your business. I'm really excited to have these opportunities. So if that's something you're interested in, go ahead and DM me as well. Those sessions are $1,200 and I've got payment plans available. And my whole goal is that it pays itself off so fast because you're able to skip ahead on that learning curve so far and be able to master a technique that's such a rare and valuable skill, which is palette knife painting and the buttercream flower piping and be able to take it back to your own bakery and start implementing it with your own customers. So if that's something you're interested in and if you want to come spend a day with me and just let me hold a space for you where you can feel the possibility and the potential and the enthusiasm for your bakery, come and DM me and let's get that set up. I would love to have you here. Okay, let's dive into our topic today. So in my first year of business, which was, gosh, that was 2019, 2020. So three years ago, wow. Three years ago, I was taking orders and I got an order from a guy that was for his birthday party. It was last minute and he ordered two big cakes. And when I showed up and like he paid the expedited fee, like for a rush fee for getting these orders last minute. And he wanted these big cakes and paid, you know, a good few hundred dollars for these, these two cakes. They weren't tiered. They were single tier cakes, but they were just big in diameter and so as far as like a single tier cake goes, it was a pretty expensive high-end order for um, just a single tier. Usually you don't get those kind of orders. And so it was really, really fun to do this. It was a vanilla 8-inch, but it was a double barrel and it had a drip and sprinkles and a happy birthday on it. It was his birthday and then a ginormous like strawberry shortcake cake. And so I did this order and I, I showed up at his house, which was up a mountain. It was at the literal top of this mountain. Not literal top, but it was really high up there. Where, uh, you know, the whole time I'm praying that those cakes, even though they're single tier, that they don't fall over because I'm literally driving like vertical. <laughs> so I pull up to his house and it's, you know, this beautiful big house with the backyard. And I come in and they're having the caterers set up. It's this very classy like black tie kind of birthday party and the the um the attorney general that was the word it just escaped me for a second the attorney general was invited and all these people and they were in ball gowns and it was like three hundred dollars a plate for each guest it was this crazy crazy experience and and there I am in my dusty apron and my jeans <laughs> dropping off these cakes but I remember talking with my friend Rachel afterwards and she's also a cake maker and we always bounce ideas and thoughts and stories back and forth. It's one of my favorite things to do is, is be with, with her and with other baking friends to do that. But we're talking and I'm telling her about this and she just was like, how do you get those people? How do you get those customers who don't even bat an eye and they pay those high prices? How do you get those higher paying clients? And it's a question I think a lot of bakers have in the back of your minds. How do you reach the people who don't nitpick your prices, who are just, they understand your value and they're ready to pay it? So the first thing to think about, there's, there's three, three 
solid pillars that you need to kind of construct in your business if you want to get higher paying clients. And maybe I'm even going to add like a preliminary one to that because I've got three that I always teach. But just now I'm like, there's kind of this fourth one. There's kind of this first preliminary step. And A, you need to believe it yourself. That's what it is. Before you can even start to book an order with somebody with a higher paying client, you have got to own that value and to show up without fear of the price tag, without fear of telling people what it is, what it's going to cost. Because if you can't even get over that fear, then you're never going to be able to charge those prices. So how do you get over that fear? By really understanding the value and the trade-off that a customer who's coming to order a cake, they want the best experience possible. They want your all. They want 100% from you. And so if you're paid well, you're able to do that. If you're not, then you skimp and you don't show up at, like at your best. And you're worried about, you know, do I buy the extra box of butter in case I run out? Or you're just, you know, trying to cut those costs and corners every which way. And it never turns out quite right. And I felt this even with my class that I just had for so long. I've been teaching for four years and for so long I've done these good classes, but I'm always using like the lower cost scrapers and trying to minimize my rent and squeeze everything into this small section to keep the cost down for people, right? I never charged more than $95 for a class, but for this palette knife class I just did, I finally realized, you know what? People want a real experience. People don't want the cheap, like, cutting costs kind of a thing. They feel kind of left with, like, oh, it wasn't quite, wasn't quite there. wasn't quite what I was hoping for. Like, just something was missing. And so for this cake class, it was the most expensive in-person class I've ever done. It was 480 a person. And it sold out so fast, and we had the most incredible time. Because I had that those resources to be able to provide such a great class, such a great product and experience for my students. And the same happens with cake. We, we feel like we get stuck in this middle ground of like, oh, I want to keep it low for people. And people kind of feel that way. But the right people really will. They'll want to pay it because they don't want mediocre. They want your all. So you literally have to believe it first. That's like step zero is is believe it first and really understand the value that you provide okay so the real step one the first thing that you need to do if you want to get higher paying clients you have to be discoverable to the right people now think about who the right people might be you may or may not know you might have to do some research. You might have to do start some conversations with people to understand who your target customer is, right? Think about the kinds of people who go to different venues, who book with different venues, who buy their wedding dress at certain places or who have a party planner or you know, shop at different places. Like start to really think about who your customers are. How what makes them tick? Where can you find them? What platforms are they on? Because too often we show up and advertise and market and make ourselves discoverable to the wrong people. Really early on in my business, I realized that Facebook Marketplace was not the place to be marketing my wedding cakes. 
because people on Facebook Marketplace were looking for a deal and they're looking for the cheapest option. And too often it just was not the right customer. It wasn't even worth my time. And so I stopped putting so much time and effort into showing up there and started to look for where my real target customers were. I started connecting with venues and with party planners and made sure that my Instagram was findable to the right people. And that is the first part of it all. You have to lay a roadmap for those customers to find you. If you want the higher paying clients, who are they? Where are they? And then show up in those places, whether it's on social media or whether it's in the physical world through business cards, through events, through networking, find ways to connect with them and to connect with the people that they connect with. And that way you'll actually be able to be findable to them. That's literally step one, because if the right customer can't even find you, there's no way they're going to order from you. And it sounds so obvious, but it gets missed so often. We work on our product, we fine tune our menu, we take decorating classes, and we do all of this stuff. We take photos and they get better and better. But if people can't find us, if people cannot actually find our business when they need our services, there is no way they will order from us. So step number one is to do the research and do the right things to be discoverable to the right people. So think about what that is. I don't have that answer for you because I'm not there in your market. I don't know who your target customer is. You do. And you can do the things to figure out who that is and where they are. That's up to you as the business owner to figure it out. No one can figure it out for you. This is called validation in entrepreneurship, that you don't just barrel ahead making what you think people want you to make and advertising it to who you think wants to buy it. You actually talk to people and get some feedback and figure out who are the right customers and what do they really want. And that's called validation. So number one, the first thing to get higher paying clients is to make yourself discoverable to the right people. The second thing you need to do, if you want to get higher paying clients, you have to have a crystal clear order process. When customers are confused, they do not buy from you. You've experienced this. I've experienced this. Think about it in your life where you've been looking for a carpet cleaner or a plumber or a hairdresser or a nail artist or someone to come and finish your basement. If, if you're looking for someone to do a service for you or to provide a product and you don't understand all the details about how it's going to be delivered, about how to get in contact with you, about what's even available, you're not going to spend all the time to try and reach out. People want to just understand it before they have to have a whole conversation with you. They want it all laid out on the table as clearly as possible. I like to think of this as if you were to pull up to a drive-thru and you wanted to order food and let's say you pull up to the drive-thru and their menu is absolutely blank and they come on over the intercom and they're like, yeah, no, just just tell us what you want and, and we'll see if we have it. And, and you have to go back and forth and it's like, you're not going to stay in that drive-thru. You're going to go somewhere else because they've made it too complicated to order from you. So making your order process as easy, as simple, as streamlined and clear as possible really, really does so much in the mind of your customer to be able to order 
because there's no barriers. They don't have any doubts. They're not like, oh, do they offer this flavor? Are they available this day? What's their price range like? And those those sound like scary things to put, like a set menu and to put your pricing out. But I can't tell you how often I've walked away from things as a customer because I have no idea what the price is going to be. Even just an estimate or something, some base pricing to help people get an idea of what your what your range is and what your services are, they really, really need that to be able to decide to book with you. I always tell people to ditch the DMs for ordering. When you do DMs for ordering, it puts so much pressure on a customer to come up with what to say and how to say it. And then it doesn't give any context for the order. There's no guided process and you end up going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so it wastes a lot of your time and it wastes a lot of the customer's time. It doesn't feel professional. It's not easy to track. You need a different system than just DMs. Even if you're just starting out and you're like, oh, I don't get that many. It's it's not hard to just have this conversation. Your intention is to grow and your intention is to get more orders. And so if that's your intention, start now. Live in that mindset now where you're like, yes, I plan on getting lots and lots of orders. I need a system to take orders and to have it organized. It could be as simple as a Google form. It could be something like setting up a shop with cast iron. I've worked with them a lot and they have a great way to launch a shop and have an order process available for customers. It can be something through your website. I have an order form on my website that I just set up. It was pretty easy. I just put the form in and decide, you know, what do I want the fields to be? Like the date, the cake type, the flavors, the size, and people are able to put all those details. So it it is just so helpful for the customer if you take their hand and walk them through it. And especially if you want to get those higher paying clients, you got to show up as a professional. You've got to have that drive through menu set up for them so that you can make it as easy as possible. Because if they're confused, they won't buy. If it takes too much energy, they will walk away. I felt this when I was at Subway not too long ago. I walked up to the Subway counter and I hadn't been there in a while and the, the girl just looked at me. And they didn't even say like, welcome to Subway. Like, what bread would you like? That's all they had to say. But I, I literally was like, I kind of want to walk out of this store now because I don't remember how Subway works, which is so dumb, but it's true. Our customers, they're not thinking about cake all the time, every day. They don't understand how it works. You need to be the expert and walk them through that. So let's recap so far. The first thing you need to do before even step one is set your mindset. You need to believe in what you're charging. You need to see the value in that and you need to step into it fully. And then step number one for reals is just be discoverable to the right people. Set that map so they can find you. Step number two is have that crystal clear order process so that there's no confusion and it's as easy as possible to order from you. The third thing you need to do if you want to get higher paying clients and it it melts right in from that step two, having that crystal clear order process, it builds trust. And if you want higher paying clients, you've got to be easy to trust. Now, trust comes through the way you communicate in all forms. So when someone lands on your Instagram page, 
What does your bio say? What is your business name? What do your captions say in your posts? What does your website say? Wherever they're reading your information, that text and that copy that's there, that should be professional. It should be clear and concise and friendly and open. And it should give off the vibe that a customer is expecting to feel. That creates a level of trust that they feel like they can trust you with their order because you're communicating well. So it happens through your text and through your copy, wherever that might be found. Your communication through your images as well. Your images on Instagram, on your website can be really big. Obviously, that's your portfolio. That helps people to know what you're actually capable of. And if you're a good fit style-wise and design-wise for what they're looking for, So through having good images and having a strong portfolio, you're able to communicate that trust for higher paying clients. This is something that you can phase into over time and just trust in the process a little bit. You work on it little by little. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and be, you know, 20 steps ahead in your decorating skill and in your photography skill than you were yesterday. And that's okay. I want you to realize you're exactly where you're supposed to be and you're taking the small steps that you need to take in order to get further and further and that's really what it is. It's an accumulation of these small steps of these right choices and decisions in your business to invest in your learning and to invest in your own progress so that you actually get where you want to be because we're not here to wallow in like, oh... I don't have the nicest pictures yet or I'm not the best decorator yet and I'm never going to get these higher paying clients and I'm just going to, you know, stick where I am. That's not what we're doing at all. We are here to take these tiny steps and to make small improvements every single day. Every single day there's something we can do to better our knowledge, our skills. Oftentimes I keep a bag of spare buttercream on the counter that's just extra leftover and it goes yucky. It's not to eat. But I leave it there and I might pipe some things or I might palette knife paint with it or play around with it. And practicing, practicing, practicing has seriously helped me get to where I am. And some of my best cake designs, my signature design came because I was practicing. So don't fret if you're feeling like, oh, my portfolio is not where I want it to be. That's okay. You build it slowly. It's taken years to build mine. And I remember those early days of business where I was like, I've got five pictures to show people. And it's the same five pictures. And there's like an outlet in the background and my messy kitchen and the lighting's not great. And I put this weird vignette on it, but there's my five photos and that's my portfolio. And I still got orders slowly, little by little by little, I was able to build that portfolio. So trust in that process and don't beat yourself up if you're not where you want to be. But continue to improve your communication and your trust through the images that you put out of your cakes or of whatever it is that you make. Um, Because that really does build trust with those higher paying clients. They want to see what you're capable of. And having nice clean images that just show off your cakes in the best light doesn't hurt it's really great when people are able to to see your work at its at its best like in its best light like I said so there are so many resources out there to be able to improve your photography and your decorating skill 
just start learning. Just start learning. And you'll find little by little, like I said, you'll you'll grow and grow and grow. So to increase that trust, you're working on your communication through all of your text that people are reading, your images that they're seeing, the messages that they're getting from you. This is so big and seriously cannot be emphasized enough. Often as bakers, we kind of like to be in the kitchen and we like to be doing our own thing and we're not always people persons. (laughs) We're not always people people and that is totally okay. But we have to develop some of those people skills in order to work with those higher paying clients. They want to feel like they're in the hands of a professional and they want to know that they can trust you. That comes through in the messages and the actual conversations that you're having with those customers. They can tell if you feel confident or if you feel like you don't know what you're doing and you're kind of like all over the place. And so working on your customer service and your ability to speak well and write well in an email can make such a difference and really helps people to feel like they can trust you know, their money in your hands and their order in your hands to be able to execute it well. I actually wrote a whole ebook called How to Talk to Customers. It was the first ebook I ever wrote because I felt like it was such an important topic that was not being discussed and it was being missed where I'd see bakers entering into like an order conversation with a customer and it's like, hi, I'd like to order a cake. Okay, what kind of cake do you want? Oh, like something like this okay, do you want this? Okay, this, that, and they go back and back and back and forth. And then it's like, there's just a vibe that kind of gives off. And there, there's subtle ways that you can improve your communication where you don't have to throw yourself under the bus. And I'm not, I'm not saying like, you're always a yes man, you say yes to everything and you do whatever you can to whatever they ask you to do. That's definitely not what good communication is, but there are subtle ways that you can shift what you're saying. Um, not even what you're saying, but how you're saying it. When I, you know, write an email where someone hasn't paid yet, and I, I want to request that payment and like remind them, I always put myself on their team. And instead of saying like, hey, your payment is due, I say like, hey, I just want to make sure that you're still going to order. I want to make sure that we can get your order on my calendar. This payment needs to be made today and then we'll be all set. Like I just kind of put myself on the same team instead of on like the, the opposed, like an opposition to them. I want them to feel like I'm rooting for them, like like this is something that they wanted and I'm here on their team trying to make it happen. So you can switch up the way that you say things. So I wrote this whole book about how to talk to customers and I, I did include my entire template library. So if that's something that you're actually struggling with and booking orders is hard and it takes too long and people fall out of the conversation and you don't know how to talk about payment or booking contracts or things like that, go ahead and check out this book. You can find it either by linking to it in my, on my Instagram through my bio. It's called how to talk to customers. I'll drop the link in the show notes as well. Um, but like I said, if that's something that you're struggling with communicating professionally, that is so important to get those higher paying clients. You have to be able to feel like you're a trustworthy person and that you can follow through and it just helps people to trust you.
trust, trust, trust is so huge. Um, you can think about that in your own life as a customer. What's the last really big purchase you made? Mine was a couch. I th- I think I referenced this a lot. Was the couch that I I bought over the summer, and we looked at a lot of different places, and we ended up going with the one where I felt like they had a good warranty, and the salesman was very open and friendly. Sometimes couch salesmen can be like kind of sleazy, <laughs> and they're just trying to get their commission, you know, but. Um, the one we were working with, you know, actually I, I had a connection to him that was a personal family connection and, you know, he definitely didn't push anything on us and just the way that he communicated with us and the way that he helped us, you know, understand the whole process really left us feeling like we were, you know, making a good decision and we did and I've been really happy with it ever since, um, but that trust that that was created through those conversations and and through the professionalism that was shown it definitely makes a difference if you're going to pay good money you want to make sure you're doing it with good hands so all of all of that last bit about trust making yourself easy to trust and your communication we can wrap all of that into one word called your brand because your brand is so much more than just a logo right Your brand is the emotions, the experiences, everything a customer um, connects to your business as they interact with you. That brand that you build, it's it really goes deeper than than just some kind of cover image logo. It comes through in the way that you talk. It comes through in the colors and the fonts and the text that you use. It comes through in the voice that you decide to employ when you're writing your website or writing your posts. What is your voice? Is it very elegant? Is it sophisticated? Is it kind of jokey and fun and quirky? And whatever you decide to kind of concentrate your brand on, like whatever those emotions are and whatever those experiences are, really what determines that is who your target customer is. It's really funny because I feel like we often brand our businesses based on our preferences, which is okay. Like it's all right to like the colors of your business and to build it you know, for yourself a little bit, but remember that you're in business to serve other people. And the whole point of your brand is to connect with people in a meaningful way so that they feel like your product matters to them, so that they feel like they can kind of rally around it and it connects to them and relates to them. So when you're building your brand, keep your target customer in mind. And what is it that you want them to feel? And what is it that you want them to associate with your business? And build that into your brand and everything that you do, your images, your conversations, your logo, all of that. Because that branding, that all together, that's that trust. That trust is built through a cohesive professional brand. And it was all those things, the messages, the images, the text, the communication, all of that is your brand. So as you go forward in your business and as you work towards getting those higher paying clients, consider these three slash four pillars. Don't forget that first step. But I know I look back on my own business and I think of the time when I was like blown out of my mind to get a $300 wedding cake and that was so crazy and now this year I did my most expensive wedding cake ever which was (laughs) $1,600 like more than five times that 
that first original price. And I know that those clients that paid me $1,600, I created an experience for them that was trustworthy. They felt like they could trust my professionalism and my product. They came and tried it. We had a whole consultation together. And so through that whole process, they built up enough trust with me. And A, they were able to find me too, right? They found me because of my connection to their event planner, to their wedding planner, and she was able to recommend me. And so that positioned me in the right place to connect with those right people. She plans events that are like destination weddings. They're up in the mountains at resorts and they're very high-end fancy. Um, So that was the perfect way to connect with this couple. And we were able to have that consultation and, and really just had an awesome time. They were one of my favorite consultations I've ever had and they were so complimentary. And that order was booked and they were so 100% satisfied. And I just, I love to have those orders where because you're paid well, you're able to show up 100% and you're able to give them truly what they're looking for, right? And they don't regret $1 they spent because you pull through and and it was worth it. You go above and beyond. And you honestly, you have to get paid well to do that because money is that exchange of energy. When someone pays you, it puts energy in your pocket and you're able to focus all your attention and you're able to put all of your concentration into doing it. So what's the next step from here? Well, A, work on your mindset and B, Start to figure out how to position yourself so that you can be discoverable to the right people. What's one thing you could do tomorrow to help that? Is it reaching out to a venue? Is it connecting with a wedding planner or a party planner? Is it taking business cards down the street to a shop where people who are your target customer shop? Think about what you're going to do to make yourself discoverable to those people and then do it (laughs) and take small steps to leave that map so they can find you. That's just the first thing you can do, something you can do tomorrow to take action. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and remember if you're interested in private sessions or in the palette knife group class that's coming up, be sure to DM me on Instagram. I would love, love, love to have you in class. It's just the funnest, funnest experience. Hope all of your baking goes well this week, and I will talk to you again next week. Bye!